Good morning, good morning, my friends. It's music Thursday and Friday. I can hear the music. So I'm a little bit more on beat. Welcome to the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds. You have no idea, you guys, how much I love you, my, my podcast friends. You just drive me to working each day on being a better version of myself. You know, this morning I came in the office and here I'm going at it and I'm reading on Leonardo da Vinci and I'm reading on Dante and I'm reading on uh, Curie, uh, that wonderful lady that invented that medicine or whatever. And I'm reading on Gandhi and I think these guys all had the razor's edge. I mean, and my dad, my dad, my dad, oh, God bless my dad. He always referred to Dante and Da Vinci and Melanie Miller. It's because they were his favorite people in the history that he read about or learned about. And every time he would say to, to me things like, blah, 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 and then the word Da Vinci would come out. I had no clue the heck Da Vinci was, you know, like at eight years old, 10 years old. And he would recite his poems of Dante, you know, the, the three levels of heaven, hell, the purgatory, like he knew it by heart. And, and we don't have, have it referenced there. And I, I, so I said to myself, how am I going to write this podcast? Because I read a lot, like you, Melanie, I go down rabbit holes, right? Uh, and I want to thank my podcasters, friends, friends, because if it wasn't for you guys, I don't think I would dive this deep in one subject or one chapter if it wasn't for the necessity to deliver it. So today is going to be another remarkable discovery um, on the razor's edge by Bob Proctor in the book Born Rich. Melanie Miller is going to continue with the notion of, of the razor's edge, which, by the way, delivered it with spectacular um um, visuals and understanding of the razor's edge because the book it's written in one way but the way you delivered it Melanie oh and then what to say of Marie Pierre with the ABCs like for me the one two threes is is really the concrete version of uh as people some young people call it all this hoopla you know there's this but it isn't right you, you got to bring it back down to the one two threes which again you will get today so, you know, I'm working on one new word in English per day, right? And I like to share it with you, even if I don't pronounce it properly. It's okay. So I wrote down throughout time, there have been extraordinary men and women who stood on the precipice, the edge of that. Okay, I'll practice it a little bit more. I'm going to get it better and better. But I'm very intentional that 2024, my English is going to be one eighth of Melanie Miller's. Because every time you speak Melanie Miller, I'm so wowed. And I say to myself, you know, I have her as a friend. Why am I not improving my English? So just so you know how I make decisions in my mind and how the razor's edge has always been in my life because I, people don't know it, but I, I choose mentors. I have mentors. So anyways, so I said at one word a day, that's 365 new words per year. I think that's pretty cool, right guys? So precipice, but I need to practice is my new word for today <clears throat> of greatness, honing the power of the razor's edge. <clears throat> Their stories have influenced countless generations. And today we are fortunate to walk alongside those amazing leaders. My dad, like I said, always referred to, to, to Dante and Da Vinci growing up. So that proves that, you know, for my dad, 
these two people somehow marked his life. Like now I understand going through the podcast today. So my dad didn't have any mentors because he comes, he came from poor beginnings, but I realized what my dad actually did. And he's not conscious of this. He chose, you know, one or two or three. I know he also talked to me about my Michelangelo, the sculptor, and he kind of hanged on to those images. And you know what, Melanie Miller, I think that's what drove him to be the man and the entrepreneur he was. Anyways, it was a big revelation for me today. And you know, you think you think of, of um, Da Vinci, you know, how do you go from those two beautiful paintings? I don't know if you guys know, I've seen them live and you literally cry in front of them, the Mona Lisa. You, you have to be in front of it. Even as I'm telling you now, you become emotional. And when you're in front of the, the painting of the Last Supper, you get the same feeling. And when you're in front of the sculpture of uh, Michelangelo, that, where she's holding Jesus in her arms, La Pieta, at the entrance of, of um, the church, St. Peter. Like, I'm telling you guys, you will break into tears. You will break into tears and you say, oh my God, how can this come from a human being? Well, it's the razor's edge, the razor's edge. And, and today you can understand that it's nothing else than <clears throat> practice and rehearsal. And as, and as I dove, as I delved, that's, that's the other new word, deeper and deeper into this, I realized that even the brains behind the bicycle, the airplane, the helicopter, all this was Da Vinci 500 years before it actually happened. He actually had done the first drawings. So I'm, I'm diving in and I say, that's why my dad always said the first eight hours is to pay your bills. Whatever you're doing after the eighth hour of the day of work is for building your dream life. So the to get to the razor's edge, you know, to get to that level, you need to understand you're going to have to behave a little bit more differently than the average Canadian, right? So today I realized that my dad, even if he didn't have mentors the way I have mentors in my life, he, hang, he hanged on to powerful people in the history books that he learned from that little bit of schooling he has done. And I can honestly tell you today, after with 41 years in my multi-level marketing business, the real estate development with Mohammed, um, I can truly tell you it has, you know, it has nothing to do with talent. It has to do with the clarity of what I wanted and then being able each day to do what needed to do, the practice, rehearsal, rinse, repeat. I'm telling you guys, this is all it is. So before I leave you in the hands of Melanie Miller, please do share. And I want you to ask this question. Do you believe practice and rehearsal is all we need to, to live our dream life? How's that for a question? Right, Monique? How's that? Because I'm telling you right now, you want to be successful in Tupperware for all my Tupperware friends that I see on Zoom. You're going to have to practice and rehearse every single day with expecting results and more and more results, your recruiting lives, your sales lives, your recipe lives. I'm telling you right now, it's nothing but practice. And yesterday we went, we had an aha moment. I said, Marie-Pierre, Melanie, remember in the good old days, that's something I cannot do anymore today. A date B, B date A. Then we revised. Okay. A, invite B, B, invite, you know, these are concept of our multi-level marketing business. And I'm going to close off with this just before we go with Melanie Miller. I want to share with you that after the delivery of Wednesday night's um, uh, 
cooking event or GPS. And Thursday night's cooking event, the reason it was the most astounding one is because everybody that I asked to talk and share and, and were people that come from my world where we practiced and we rehearsed every single thing. So people say, oh my God, Maria was the best. Yeah, it was the best, right, Melanie? Because we practiced and we've been rehearsing for years and years and years. And yesterday was just, and Wednesday was just an amazing delivery of all of that. So remember our contest. We won't, we won't have time to go through it today. Thank you everyone for sharing. Thank you again to our top contributors. You're truly making a difference. If you have, um, uh, you know, articles, videos on razor edge in our history, like anything you can find on Da Vici, Dante, Curie, Gandhi, Mandela, please go post it on the group, The Millionaire of the Diamonds. I'm going to be the first one to go in and get, get inspired by all your information. So over to you, Melanie. I'm excited to hear you speak. Thank you, Maria. So the razor's edge, what would you do or will you to make sure you're on the right side of it. Dr. William de Vries was determined that he would be. He was the doctor who did the first operation with an artificial heart transplant. He was asked before the surgery, what will you do to make sure it goes well? And he replied his mantra, his credo, rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And of course, this is something that um, comes to mind very quickly, because I know that I say all the time to people, practice, practice, practice. Because if you don't practice, if you don't find the words, if you don't repeat the things to the people that you want to say, when you come to do it, you'll freeze and your comfort zone will come crashing down on you. So practice, 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 even if it's in front of your mirror. He gave extra to his task. He wanted to be sure that when he came into the operation, he would be able to do it with familiarity and have uh, become almost routine for him to do it. His extra saved someone's life and made him a world-renowned cardiothoracic surgeon. Someone else was involved in that process, and it was a young man called Robert Javik, and he too knew what it meant to cross the razor's edge. The heart that was transplanted into the patient was the Javik 7 model. From an early age, Javik understood that his destiny was in his hands. He knew that he had a man mechanical aptitude because from an early age, he started designing things. He actually designed a stapler for surgeons to use in surgery, and he came up with other tools as well. At one point, his father became very sick and his father had to go into open heart surgery. And it was at this point that Javik discovered that many, many people were waiting for heart transplants, which didn't exist. So his mechanical brain said, I should be able to design a mechanical heart. 
So he had to be able to get into medical school. He had to understand more about heart. And it took him quite a while to get into medical school because he was not the most academic among people. He would not accept defeat. He wanted to do this. He had an aim. He had a mission. He wanted to make sure that he could be a person to design an artificial heart. He was eventually accepted into the Utah School of Medicine in Salt Lake City in 1972. The operation took place in December 1982, just 10 years after when the heart designed by Javik was used in the operation. He was not an academic in the, in the conventional way. He was perseverant and had a consuming passion to be successful. The device went on to be used in many patients. Later, it was used more as a substitute heart while people were awaiting a heart transplant. The patient who lived the longest after a transplant with his artificial heart was 18 months, so had an 18 months of extra life. We're not all going to be world-renowned doctors, just saying. But what talents do we have that we can use with tenacity, perseverance, and courage to keep us going to succeed? Napoleon Hill writes about Henry Ford and Thomas Edison, both having an amazing persistence that enabled them to reach the success that they did. Neither of those men were intellectually superior. Their unerring persistence to reach their goal was what separated them from others. A beautiful film, which I would recommend to all of you to watch, is called Gifted Hands. Ben Carson is a neurological surgeon and he needed that quality of perseverance to achieve what he did, which was actually to separate conjoined twins. He, uh, he strove to get there and he did not have a, a sort of smooth path to his eventual success as a neurosurgeon. And what do you know, after being a neurosurgeon, he became part of the American political scene. He was certainly practicing before his surgery. And in the film, he talks a lot about making sure he knows what he's doing, what could happen, how could they do it. And it's a practice, practice, practice. So my question to all of you is what is the thing that you can do with persistence that may take you from where you are to the next level and beyond? Perhaps like me, you need a chart or something or someone to keep you accountable. Your attitude to tasks must be one with intention to make each interaction count. Perseverance wins. You just have to decide what you're going to persevere at. It goes hand in hand with being relentless, with perseverance, with an inability to give up, you cannot fail. Maybe it could be as simple as getting up one hour early 
in the morning. So now I'm going to pass you over to Marie-Pierre, who is going to give us some more tips about how we can achieve this. Yes, thank you, Melanie. So it's so important that simulation, that rehearsal. And the more I read about this subject, remember when I was in school. So when we started to do some laboratory exercise, first thing, we had to write everything we would do in details about the technique we would use, all the uh, stuff that we will use before going into the lab. And only after we received the feedback from the teacher and say, okay, you are now ready to go in the lab. Now we could start in real life. So it's the same thing in everything. Like Maria said, when I started Top Aware, of course I was going to the training and I did the exercise of, uh, I was dating the person uh, beside me. And after that, she was dating me. And after that, we I was invited her and she was inviting me. So yes, everything in everything I learned, yes, I want to make sure that we rehearse, rehearse, rehearse because it's so important. So that word, the simulation that we use in this book, we use it because we usually hear people use role play. But when you use that word role play, it usually turns out to be exactly what the word suggests, play. And the exercise often turns into a game. So the word simulate, it's something that becomes popular when we learn about how the astronauts prepare for their space mission. So when they were simulating, they were actually pre-living in the in-space experience as if it was already happening. So it's so important to remember that yes, simulation rehearsal is so important. So I found for you 10 points to remember about simulation. So number one, practice makes perfect. It's the primary purpose of simulation and rehearsal is to provide an opportunity for practice, just like the athlete Athletes practice before a big game. Professionals should practice their skills before real-world The more you practice, the more comfortable and confident you become in executing the task. Number two, it's realistic scenario. So the simulation should replicate real-life scenario as closely as possible. The more realistic the simulation, the better prepared you uh, will be you will be for actual situations. So this will include considering different variables, potential challenges, and customer behavior. So when you think about your big goal, you know it's not gonna be uh, everything perfect. It's not gonna be a, a Polish world. <laughs> I don't know, a unicorn world, something like that, unicorn. <laughs> so yes, you know that it's gonna be challenges. So when you re rehearse in your head, you know that there's gonna be potential challenges. Number three, feedback and evaluation. Feedback is crucial during that exercise. So observer or trainer should provide constructive feedback on strength and area for improvement. So the feedback will help you identify area where you need to work on it and offer insight for a skill enhancement. Number four, repetition and refinement. So don't limit the simulation to a one-time event. Regular practice and repetition are essential for skill improvement. For example, we do the conditioning program every day. So that means that every day we repeat. 
we repeat our big goal, we rehearse in our head how it's gonna happen and what I'm gonna do when I achieve those goals. So make sure that you repeat, repeat, repeat. So if you are not in the conditioning program, make sure to get your conditioning program from Limiliana de Gamma Inspirational Group. So you want to be in the conditioning program to make sure that you repeat every day. Number five is to building confidence. Because yes, simulation and rehearsal build confidence in everyone, especially if you are faced with high pressure situation. The more confident you will be in your ability, the better you will perform under real life condition. Number six is task specific focus. So simulation should be tailored on uh, to focus on specific tasks or skills. So whether it's a sales pitch, a customer interaction, a problem solving, the simulation should target specific area that require improvement. Number seven, time management. Allocate sufficient time for rehearsal and simulating. And simulation rushing through the process may limit the effectiveness of the exercise. And remember that yes, when you do the rehearsal, it will help you to manage your time in a way that if you have a certain time allocated for you in a meeting, if you rehearse, you know exactly how much time you will need. <laughs> so time management for you. Number eight, it will emphasize reason. So encourage all the participants that approach simulation with a mindset of treating it as a real scenario. So the more seriously you will take the exercise, the more meaningful the practice will become. Number nine, they call it bridging theory and application. So simulation will help you bridge the gap between theoretical knowledge and practice practical application. So for example, yes, you might learn how to do a live, all the technique side, but if you never applicate, <laughs> you will never know exactly how to do it. And the last one, number 10, continuous improvement. So yes, we want to encourage that culture of continuous improvement. So we never want to stay still. We always want to improve. So now we know all the uh, good things that will come for you in rehearsal and simulation. It's time to do that commitment for you. Let's say, okay, I will do it. I will start practicing. So maybe for your next uh, live sales, for your next uh, a way that you will talk to someone you want to practice. So you want to practice, you want to do that simulation. So that's, uh, always remember that, uh, for example, in a sales pitch, if there's a need and the means are there and you still haven't made a sale, it is because you are not good enough yet. Yet. So you need that rehearsal. So that commitment will be in the comments. Okay. Are you ready? I want you to write in the comments. Uh, to say, I will come in to do uh, that simulation exercise about sales presentation, any presentation that you have, something. And name the person that you will simulate this with. Write the time you will do it and the date you will begin to do it. So now it's time to commit yourself. Okay, I will do this exercise <laughs> because if you just say, oh, that was good, but you never do it, it's the same thing. If you <laughs> just read about something and you never do the application, you will not really understand what uh, what is it about. 
So I hope it gives you an idea how to do this exercise about stimulation. Wow, thank you so much, Marie-Pierre. Thank you, thank you. And I think this is one of our strengths that we work together at the Diamonds. We do a lot of things together. But And, and it brings me back to, you know, truly telling you, um, if you want to achieve the razor's edge and anything in your life, you must expect more. You must expect more. Even our podcast that we're doing, I'm continuously asking Jean-Philippe, how many members are we at? Are we growing? What is our Facebook? And the Facebook was stagnating. So, I mean, it's all about it's it's about rehearsal practice but with higher expectations i know how to explain it to you guys so somebody said to me yesterday oh the guest event was the best ever i said of course it was because i'm intentional like every time i do it i say i didn't like this so the next one we fix that part up and this is the way we need to to be so um all i want to close off with 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 is that the path to having our names somewhere in the history books okay it's going to be up to us now my dad you might not find michelangelo mariano in google but he is in my history books that's what i want you to say that's what i want to say to you he is in my history book the woman i am today is thanks to everything my dad has done so it's not about being the next um da vinci it's about can you be the next da vinci to your children? Can you be the next Da Vinci to your nieces and nephews? And, and this is the, the first element that must be driven in your hearts with the razor's edge. Like I want to be able to tell these three kids of mine that here is where we are and here is where we went. Here is where we are now, but this is what I do to where the next step I want. We must embrace the challenges because there's going to be many as opportunities. Every time I have a challenge for me, and this is why I have that razor's edge in my business. For me, it's a, it's, it's telling me that my next greatest success is along the way. So I'm saying to myself, what do I need to learn? Setbacks for me are lessons and fear is the fuel it's what fuels my determination for me never to give up so the more i'm scared of something happening the more it pushes me to drive this machine even faster the razor's edge demands our courage the razor's edge demands resilience the razor's edge demands an unwavering belief in our own capacities in my mind, and this is my mother, my Dante is my mother saying, Maria, what one man can do, another can do. She raised me that no one is special. It, it is all related to their, their relentlessness, their capacity to stay committed. So I ask you, let's commit ourselves to the daily rituals because that's all it is it's daily rituals that will sharpen our minds refine our skills and propel us towards our goals with dedication with perseverance with unwavering belief in our worthiness that we're all born rich we have the power to create our own masterpieces of time so maybe my name maria mariano will not end up on google you know when you're researching someone but i'm going to tell you something guys i've marked history with you guys with my tupperware family with my own family there's a lot of people that are still going to remember me and i know that at my funeral there's going to be hundreds of people 
I just know it. Why? Because I work every day on making somebody's life a little bit better. And if I made somebody's life a little bit better when I pass, guess what? They're going to be at my funeral and they're going to share how I made their life a little bit better. Not how great I was, how great they were how great they were, and that I reminded them of that every single day. And I want to remind you today, you here with me, you have the razor's edge. You have it. You have it. You have it. Rehearse, practice, make history. That's it, my friends. Happy weekend. And God willing, we'll see each other on Monday. Bye-bye, everyone.